one little chapter right at the end of the Bible, right before Revelation. In Jude, verse 22, you read these words, not in probably what you're reading out of, New International or King James or whatever, but in a, a little bit more obscure version, the Revised Standard. It simply says this, have compassion, making a difference. And that's on behalf of God, of course. If you go further back in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44 and 23, when God is giving his people and his leaders, the priests and, and uh, so forth, instructions about how to take care of his people. You find these words, Ezekiel 44 and verse 23, teach my people the difference between the holy, and you know what holy is, we've gone over that lots of times, that's dedicated something, someone that's dedicated to God. Teach my people the difference between the holy and the common. Or when we're in a setting like this, when we're in a Sunday school setting, when you're in a family setting, when for some of us we're not as much working with our kids anymore as much as we are our grandkids, God wants us to help teach people, whether they're big or whether they're little, the difference between what's dedicated to him, what's his, and what's not. Sometime, I'm sure you're like me, it seems like the distinction between those things is getting blurred more all the time. It's harder to tell. Sometimes it's harder to tell in our lives. And we've got to become aware of that and, and change that. Making a difference. Uh, first, I want to talk specifically this morning about God making a difference in, in our lives. And that's the intention. That's the purpose. Matter of fact, I'm not sure if there's a bigger one than that. That when we come to God, and God comes to us, that there is a note or becomes a noticeable difference in every aspect of our lives. Now, that means we're different. We look different. We think differently. We give to different causes. We go to different places. We do different things than people that don't have God in their life. How's that evident? Well, God says we have a new wardrobe. One of the th first things my wife said to me, her name is Marla, by the way, if you're new uh, since, since uh, I retired from here. She said to me, Dan, if you're going to do this, you need some new clothes. And I said, I realize that I haven't bought any new semi-dressy type clothes since I retired. She said, no, wives just can't let that kind of stuff, you know, lay still like that. She said, you hadn't bought any before that since way before you retired. So you need new clothes. God says the same thing. Many of you are like me. <laughs> 
And you probably one time, just one time, donned something like this. Now, we didn't all do that. Some people were baptized in regular clothes or casual clothes or, or whatever. But many times we put something like this on. And, and the purpose of that, and that's not better or worse than wearing your own clothes when you do that or shorts and a t-shirt or whatever. But the purpose of having done that is that that's a symbol. That's kind of a symbol of us being baptized and in the process of changing our clothes, we're changing our lives. Now the Bible says that even the water is a symbol. And I like how it explains it because it ties perfectly into what we're talking about this morning. We're told in God's word that when you go down into the water and you're baptized, you're not washing the dirt off your body. That's not the point of it. You're not taking a bath. You're not taking a shower. You're not doing that. You're washing your mind. It's not the removal of dirt from the flesh. It's the pledge the promise of a good conscience toward God. Now that's different. That makes us different. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you're in Christ, and I think almost every single one of us would claim that's true, we want that to be true, if we're in Christ, then we're a new creation. The old's gone. The new's come. If you're in Christ, it's going to make a difference in, as we said, the way you look, what you think about, what you do, the shows you watch, the way you talk, how you spend your money. Now, I'm not completely out of touch with what's going on in culture, being a bus driver, and I only have middle school and high school students. That's all I have. My wife mostly, who also drives a bus, mostly has grade school students, and she likes that better. She likes having grade school better. She can deal with them and all that. I am the total opposite. It's just, I'm just not good at controlling a bus full of screaming grade schoolers. I mean, they're just completely all over the place. Now, middle school and high schoolers, I feel like I can eventually kind of reason with them. But I spend, people are laughing, yeah, try that with mine. Yeah, I understand. But I see a lot of those things. I know somewhat what's going on in their lives, the struggles they're having, the language they use, the places they're going, the priorities they have. They need a difference. We go from right out of the baptistry right on into eternity. In uh, Revelation chapter 3, right near the beginning of the last book of the Word of God, and the hallmark of 
any ministry that I have or what I'm involved in is going to be reliance on the Word of God. That's what we're going to be about. And, and I know we're being bombarded with this stuff, and it's easy to cave into, I find myself doing that, how we're not supposed to talk about our Christianity anymore or in the workplace because you might get fired or, or reprimanded and all this kind of stuff. And our culture wants to marginalize God and Christianity for sure. And it makes it all the more important that we live different lives that we're called to. Revelation chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Yet there's a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They'll walk with me dressed in white because they're worthy. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels, dressed in white, because they're worthy. Three W's I noticed in there. He's made us worthy. We're going to be dressed in white. And then we get to walk with Christ. Why? Because we've lived different lives. We haven't soiled our clothes. We haven't allowed the world to rub off on us. Instead, we've tried to rub off on them. Well, we've got new priorities. A priority is something that's simply regarded as more important, maybe most important. What's most important to you? Jesus, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Whatever you devote yourself to, and that could be a lot of different ways, a lot of different areas, that's what's important to you. So it's, in, it, it's important, and it must be intentional that we devote ourselves to God's things, to holy things. Remember, teach your people, teach your children, teach your grandchildren, teach your neighbors the difference between the holy and the common. It'll be evident by what we think about, by where we spend most of our time, by what we spend our money on. For instance, as mentioned, if it's important for us to not just read the Word of God, but believe that the Word of God can transform lives without even necessarily a human being being involved in that. It could be in a hotel room. It could just be handed to them and then pick that up and read that. And that's happened over and over and over again. And if we think that's important, then we give to that. God wants to make a difference in our lives, in everyone's life. 
the beginning 